wrote it. I'm the boss. Roll, That's right. This is The Pool. I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 9. Now, I've been meaning to record and put out The Pool for the last, like, three weeks. Ah, charges to my head, now my heart. Been busy, been stressing, been not stressing, been preparing and all that good shit. But here we are back, so, um, got a, got a couple news pieces for you. A little stuff we've already heard. Homegirls Easy from um, Atlanta will be Domino. Domino is black. This is probably old news to most of you comic fans out there, but it is still very much on point for me. A a very African-American Domino. Um, And I'll say that back when I was reading the comics and she had the pale skin, almost like she had albinism, was albino. I think that's the right way to say that. Um... I always thought she was either a black woman or an Asian woman. That's just where my mind went. I've never seen her as a white woman, but, you know, whatever. But needless to say, we have a bunch of stress and strife and pitchforks and burning tiki torches from the fanboys and girls who want everything to be comic accurate. And I mock this because as much as I want representation in comics and related media, the argument that she's taken away from this character is much like the reverse racism argument this is not true um much like a lot of other podcasters and comic book fans say uh mainly i can think dj ben i mean from fan bro show um said most of this is going to change like yeah she'll probably be the face of domino in the cinematic universe for a while that could carry over to comics which is what i'm hoping for and say that happens give it about five years she'd probably be back to the white skin domino or hell they both might exist together this could be some alternate timeline whatever all i'm saying is it's good to see some color on screen especially with a character like domino when her skin color the pigment in it is not intrinsically tied to her as a character so even if they made her skin pink which you know that would still raw folks up it's not that doesn't make her her but what i do like is that now that the skin tone is flipped and she is a black woman with a kind of vitiligo looking mark on her eye that's a little bit more realistic um i have to hand it to the deadpool and the logans of the fox cinematic universe because they are firing on all cylinders and they are getting the job done like they 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 have the best i love x-men i love the mutants with all of my heart i'd marry them all if i could come here astonishing (laughs) x-men but you know keeping it real fox hasn't done a great job with these characters until deadpool and into this last like logan movie so it is what it is, but yeah, homegirl is going to be Domino, so that big old puffy afro, and uh, you know, also kids, and just people in general who do have certain skin conditions, like, can see, oh, hey, yeah, I see myself in her, but whatever. Oh, also, I'd like to note that I am going to try my damnedest to cosplay as a gender-bent Domino now, so hold me to it. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm slowly trying to get stuff together but i'm going to i'm going to take my first shot at cosplaying with a gender bent domino this new iteration um also very importantly insecure has 
been approved for a season three. All of you out there under the sound of my voice, if you're listening and you're in the feed for the Carefree Black Nerd, you know how we are diehard Issa and Insecure fans over here over this way. So, thankfully, there is a season three. This is old news to some, might be new to a few, but season three. So, with that being said, uh, anyone under the sound of my voice who's interested in coming on to Oh So Insecure to guest and do a little recap for season three or hell the rest of season two let me know um invitations open just get some schedules together and get some more voices on this show um what else what else oh all right getting into a little bit more comics news dc dc who um has the kind of cartoon network late night hannah barbera comics like in rotation or in there as um owned intellectual property they're coming out with a new jetsons comic and i look at the um the artwork and it looks it looks good they updated with the new um hannah barbaria comic series it'll be like a six issue mini series uh by jimmy palamati and pia brito um I do like it, you know, and this falls in line with the Scooby-Doo apocalypse and the uh, Flintstones, and if they're lucky, they can be as um, successful as the Flintstones, because me, over here talking successful, and I've yet to pick up or crack open the trade that I have of the uh, Flintstones, but I've skimmed through, and I've read a few things, and I've heard other people's reviews, it's like, oh, okay, Flintstones might be where it's at, so if Justice can do that, that'd be great. Of course, we know what my issue with it is, is that there is no color. Now, there hasn't been, oh shit, there hasn't been freaking color um, on screen because it's an old comic, I mean, old uh, cartoon, intellectual property, but goddamn, like, well, <clears throat> like people say with Confederate, wait and see, this is not <laughs> as offensive as Confederate, but I will wait and see what pops up because this is rebooted and more of a new stylized version of the Jetsons let's just hope that these Jetsons have a prominent black family some Asians um, some people of color who's represented past the uh, white walkers (laughs) Um, oh next up Shazam 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 any of you who are familiar know we're talking about the DC Comics character anyone who isn't familiar I'm talking about a DC Comics character. <laughs> um, anyone who's seen Young Justice, the Netflix series, or I guess it was a Cartoon Network series at first, you know who Shazam is. The little boy who can become a grown man and is pretty much like a, another kind of Superman. Uh, anyways, DC, um, their next film is what? It is Shazam, which is very interesting. I think The Rock was in talks, or he was fan-casted as being the Shazam that people wanted to see for a while. Um, But last month, it was reported that DC Shazam would start filming next year, 2018. Now, though, director David F. Sandberg has confirmed that the movie has a script and would begin shooting soon. Um, Which is is cool, like, because for me, I'm not 100% familiar with him, aside from his appearances in um, uh, Young Justice. So... I'd imagine that others aren't as familiar with him as well, and so it'd be nice to kind of get a property that I don't know on screen, so, hell, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, like, let me say they change his love interest to a black woman, or they make him from Harlem and not outer space, I don't know, I don't know the details surrounding him, so for me, it'll just be a pleasant 
movie-going experience. For others, I'm sure they'll take note with, you know, either it's done successfully or not, but I'm looking forward to seeing this and not having the backstory. And I was thinking, going to um, kind of look him up, but I'm like, you know what? Let me wait. I'll just take whatever I get from him just in regular watching TV and reading books if he pops up. I won't research him at all so that when this does come out, I can be completely surprised. Now, that's my thoughts at the time of this recording. I may change my mind <laughs> and dive into him later, but as of right now, I will not be diving into Shazam. Um, while there's not a lot of details yet about the Shazam movie, uh, previously there's been asserted that they will be more lighthearted than all the other DCEU films. Um, which is, that's it, it kind of, for me, not knowing a lot about the character, kind of goes with the character. Uh, that little boy <laughs> uh, sneaking out of his uh, grandparents' house and I believe either it was New York or whatever. If you know his history and you're shouting into your podcast listening devices, calm down. Just, you know, I just told you I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> but I remember him sneaking out and then going to be um, to the Justice League and doing his little Shazam thing. And he was a very funny, interesting character. There was a... Um, story arc in the Young Justice I want to say season 2 where he kind of had to save the day on his own the episode was only about him and I thoroughly enjoyed it so you know kudos to Shazam get your due little bro um and then what else we have up here getting to the marvel of it all the Defenders 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 coming up next um check the Carefree Black Nerd feed for my very own Defenders Guide, Guide to the Defenders, before watching it on the 18th with the rest of the world. Um, Defenders is the miniseries, limited series, whatever, is it marks the end of phase one for Marvel Netflix shows, but it is also the marker for the beginning of phase two of the Netflix shows. Um, like I said in the Defenders Guide, um, it's very interesting that we have this right after the announcement that Disney will be separating from Netflix. So we still will have, I'm assuming, our shows next year, but in 2019, Disney will have their own streaming service, which they have ABC, they have the Netflix shows, they have Marvel, they have um, Star Wars, like they have their whole catalog of TV shows and movies. Like this is probably going to be a powerhouse juggernaut of a you know, streaming service, but it's like, dang, what happens with, all that being said, with Defenders ending uh, Phase 1 and then Phase 2 kind of starting, um, I wonder will Phase 2 be exclusively on the Disney streaming service or will we have a chance to see them on Netflix as well? I don't know if the contract um, places any shows for next year, 2018, to be hosted on Netflix and then that's it I'm, I'm I don't know the details forgive me for that but um Charlie Cox who kicked off the Marvel's line of shows with Daredevil back in 2015 is like you know there's a phase one um and he uh, he told a story about how you know he was used to going into rooms and meetings and saying okay hey you're gonna the um creators like oh we're gonna try to you know take over the world with this series and just signing his name on the dotted line and some shows never being picked up well he's talking about he didn't sign up with disney and marvel and he didn't took off like how many goddamn phases will it be if this is just phase one 
but um <clears throat> i really like this idea because i'm interested to see what comes next what's the next <clears throat> excuse me street level or i don't know what like what just what what's next you know are they going to reach all the way back and give us that uh uh madam slay series that we deserve that calypso series that we deserve that shard and maybe shard and bishop series that we deserve like what are you doing next i mean come on marvel you <laughs> interesting but um it was said that and this is by finn jones danny 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 phantom danny bland rand says that um there are certain events that happened at the end of defenders which are going to as he says rock everyone's world <laughs> so people aren't going to be the same at the end of defenders which is like getting this information right on the heels of defenders premiering in like two or three days it's like god damn like i'm the anticipation is growing i was already excited for it but now i'm just i don't know uber excited for it excited more shit um but yeah, so Daredevil has two seasons before the Defenders. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist has one. Um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are currently in production for their second season. Iron Fist was announced that he'll have a second season. So like all these seasons prior um, or post the Defenders like are in the phase two. Then you know we're getting the Punisher series. Like who else is coming down the pipeline? Like. If you can't tell, I'm very excited. <laughs> so let's take a break right here, and then we're going to get into some comics, y'all. Previously on X-Men. Diving into some comics. It's a very Marvel-heavy episode this week. Um, my pool was full of Marvel, <laughs> and I had to actively find other things. But Astonishing X-Men number two. Okay, where do I start? X-Men and mutants haven't really given me the same feeling or excitement that I've had, you know, when I was a kid and when I first jumped right back into comics. Like Extraordinary X-Men, X mm, they were okay, it was a good storyline. Um, Uncanny X-Men with the uh, Magneto, Monet St. Croix, Sabretooth, Mystique team, whatever, was mm, it was okay. Generation X, sadly, has not really done it for me, although I may be coming around. I don't know, we'll see. But for some reason, Astonishing X-Men has been doing it for me. Um, the first issue is a guy shadow king um attacking psychics and new psychic mutants you know around the, the world killing them and trying to kind of um move uh amul farouk trying to uh the shadow king's name is amul farouk <laughs> trying to kind of take over the world with them using them as like nuclear bombs or whatever like it's whatever but what i liked is that and i went on a little review on twitter and i'll 
probably um, kind of retweet that and expound on it a little more on there. But just, I've yet to open a book where it catches me right away and all the way through, I'm just, I'm totally invested. And uh, I, I don't know. So Charles Soule, the writer, um, the artist, the Mike Diodato Jr., the artist for um, for this particular uh, issue, well, for the whole series. Frank Martin, color artist. Uh, V.C. Clayton Cowles is the letterer. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Just this great. We get a, a kind of a cliffhanger plot, plot, plot twist, like a surprise reveal at the end of issue one and that surprise reveal sold me like it was kind of the icing on the cake or the cherry on the whipped cream or whatever um <clears throat> for those of you who haven't read it i'm going to spoil it so i'm probably skip forward a couple know, seconds maybe a minute <sighs> one two three the surprise person at the end like was charles xavier and that fucked me all the way up because i'm not a charles fan i mean i like him for what he is and the history with the x-men and blah 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 whatever but i'm like i have been enjoying these books without him but then in the same breath i am someone who hasn't been enjoying the x-men titles as much so maybe he's a missing element i don't know but to see that this dead professor x being reintroduced into the Marvel world and it's not like a resurrection thing like oh we're bringing him back from the dead this is him on an astral plane like that it felt it was like it was the surprise that I didn't know I wanted you know it, it could have been anybody else at the end of that it could have been Jean Grey and I still like mm, I probably would have still enjoyed it but it wouldn't have been as impactful as it being Professor X so um and now that's like uh is this going to be um is this reintroducing him completely like will he now be i don't know back into the marvel i don't know i just it just it was great so there um astonishing x-men life of x part two and they're breaking it up into acts and since we're writing for trades nowadays every six issue arcs is a trade it'll probably be <clears throat> act one and issue one and two act two and issue two and three and so forth but we open up with the X-Men being um, Gambit, Rogue, Old Man Logan, uh, Phantom X, and Beast have entered the astral plane. They're here. Um, the Shadow King is kind of playing chess with them. It's just this whole... The artwork is amazing. The color is amazing. The way in which they're telling this story is very... Um, it's not hard to follow like you you are in it and this is i don't know i just having said mysterious figure from the end of you know first issue chained up in a wheelchair um playing psychological chess with the shadow king it's like i don't know i'm just it's this is good so <laughs> um on the in back in london we have psylocke uh bishop and Warren Worthington, Archangel. And, uh, you know, they're guarding the bodies because in a lot of these uh, properties, when you're in the astral plane or a mystical world or whatever, your body is left defenseless. And I'm, I love seeing Bishop back on the pages of X-Men because, like I said, I haven't seen him since District X. Like, that was the last time I saw, I read bishop now he may have shown up one or two other places but he hasn't been featured heavily where i've seen him and i thoroughly enjoyed that um 
I like he has these braids. I like the way he's drawn. Um, still got the big ass M on his eye, so <laughs> that'll never go away, I guess. But there is this Ministry of Defense of Superhuman Crisis Command Center where they're kind of taking in the attack that Psylocke um, warred against London. And it was, of course, she was possessed by the Shadow King, and so it wasn't her doing. But we find out that issue two is coming literally 10 minutes off of issue one. So this is going to be like a fast-paced story, and you got these X-Men on this astral plane. It's... I know this review probably sounds like a lot of rambling, but I thoroughly enjoyed the play with artwork, the play with visually telling a story. Um, I like that Rogue is wearing her hood. Now, <laughs> anyone who's following like Uncanny Avengers and wherever Rogue has appeared, you've probably seen this before, but I'm not really a big Avengers fan, so a lot of my um, run-ins with her is through the X-Men books, and since she's an Avenger now... Uh, I didn't see a lot of her, but her having this damn green jumpsuit, whatever she's wearing, I've never seen her with her hood on. So this uh, excited me. It's the little things. But um, in this, we get a battle. And a lot of times you can say, oh, we're on this astral plane or, oh, we're, you know, in this mythical place and we got to do this and that. And a lot of times the visuals don't tell the story that you have to kind of rely on the words but this all in all i'd say this is like a nine out of ten this is this is great the fight scenes and there weren't many but all of it was done beautifully then uh the whole figuring out what's going on and another kind of plot twist at the end which i wasn't really a plot twist but kind of was is that we find out that beast actually isn't beast it's mystique and at the end of issue one, I was like, okay, where's Mystique? Like, she's on the cover, not Beast, but I, I didn't even put two and two together. So, you know, shame on me. <laughs> I don't know, I'll pick this up. Good job, guys. Astonishing X-Men has got me excited for X-Men again. Um, next up is Generation X number five. And uh, I don't know. Christina Strain, the writer, artist, Alberto Jimenez, uh, colorist Felipe Soberio um and this is a pretty good story it's kind of a one shot we take iBoy who is Trevor Hawkins and Jubilee is always drinking blood well she's a vampire but we have him kind of being tested he has to figure out how to uh find these three chips three red three blue and he's in front of this like command center and all of his teammates have some chips and he has to figure them out before time and blah whatever well the interesting thing with him is that one i've never read him before in any comic except for generation x so i don't have a lot of um familiar i'm not familiar <laughs> with him and um he's not appealing to look at with all these eyes all over the place because i'm just thinking how do you protect yourself from poking yourself in one of these damn eyes? But we kind of get an explanation of his powers here. And I thoroughly enjoyed watching him kind of stress at the idea that not only can he now kind of predict or be observant of different moves and kind of is good with offensive battle, but now he's able to look through clothes. He has x-ray vision. He um, has like heat vision he's able to see your skeleton and it's this whole kind of progression of his powers 
invading people physicalness <laughs> I guess where panel by panel we see how he sees infrared he sees heat wave he sees them naked he sees through walls like he's doing all these things and he feels shitty about it because it's like it's not on purpose and he's yet to which I think was the most foolish thing ever he hadn't told Jubilee who's the teacher well his reason is he doesn't um you know want her to know that he's looking in on these people and what, I don't know whatever it's like it's a very teenage thing I guess but hell if you can't control it you can't control it the only person he isn't seeing these bone structure and nakedness and whatever else is nature girl and I noticed that right away I was like damn he's looking at everybody but her what's what's up with her well he never understood her it was, was the explanation like he didn't never he never got her you know quote unquote so it was like I don't you know I have no there's nothing to understand there and once he expresses his feelings to her like look I'm looking at people naked I'm looking at their skin I'm looking at their bones they go on this like little adventure where they end up going up against the rat king and it's I don't know and I don't know the rat king ends up being the pie piper's son so he's controlling animals to steal things from people it was really good really good one shot and i'll say if we get more like this more angsty exploration of powers and not just oh we want to be x-men oh we're captured and oh i don't know like we're we're getting more and if this is what they're going to do kind of take each character and develop him a little more and give us like personal one-on-one time with them then i could be back on the generation x train because i was falling off and now that we're on issue five i think i'm going to go back and read everything in one sitting and see how i feel about it after that because i wasn't really here for generation x so that's that um next up we have x-men blue and i don't know what the hell is going on in the marvel universe if anyone knows let me know well know we got this secret empire invasion whatever with captain america being a hydra agent and it's like new america and whatever but i'm just like what the fuck is going on like uh i don't know um writer cullen bunn artist Corey smith and thani silas colorist matt mia and irma nevila okay um steve rogers captain america claimed the united states for hydra Earth's most powerful heroes have been stranded beyond Earth's planetary defense shield. Um, Zorn and Emma Frost negotiated with Hydra for a sovereign mutant nation in order to keep mutants safe. New Tien is less idyllic than it looks on the surface. Blah, blah, blah. This is why I say I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, where have I been? I mean, I've actively avoided Secret Empire, Secret Invasion, whatever, because I'm like, I'm tired of events and I'm not invested in the Avengers. But am I to believe that all of the United States has been taken over and now it's run by Hydra? Like, I don't, I don't know. If so, someone let me know. Like, save me the trouble of looking this up. Tweet me, Carefree Blur. Like, look, nigga, this is what's going on. Um, I don't know. Whatever. But in this book, we're coming off of the Time Displaced Five being up against these utopian, Newtian warriors who include uh moro which i haven't seen her in years who has the bone shards coming out of her body wolfsbane fire star whatever i don't know this was pretty good um i'll note that polaris is on the front 
and her all green. And I'm sure this is, you know, something they had in plan anyways, but with Gifted coming down the pipeline, uh, the new X-Men series, the live action series, and Polaris being like a major figure in there, I'm thinking, are we introducing her into X-Men Blue to kind of pick up on those of you who are learning about the Gifted? Well, here's some of the characters there now. Like, will Blink show up too? Uh, I don't know. But we get a fight between her and Havoc, which we know their exes pretty interesting i didn't like that the art seemed to change like every couple pages but it wasn't so distracting from the story it was still a really good story um out of the three books i'm astonishing x-men is just where i'm at right now like period but we get what's this girl briar i don't even know she's like kind of a um mentor headmaster i don't know a little bit it's uh, it was it was an interesting interesting book. We got Jimmy Hudson, the uh, new Wolverine, and that's my really only complaint with this series is that we have the Time Displaced Five, which is like, okay, I can deal with them. We already have these. <sighs> They're white, just five white folks all over again. But then we get this Wolverine analog, and it's another white man. It's like man, and then even Briar, the girl who um, is kind of their chaperone, she's white. And we got Polaris and Magneto is running the, the show behind the scenes. He's why it's like, God damn, would it kill you to put a little color in this book? Like, we have so many alternate versions of characters. Shit, we could get some of them. We have a African-American Cyclops. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I like the story. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm interested to see what happens next. Uh, Emma does some really evil shit when she kidnapped the young time displaced Cyclops and rewrites his memories with those of the original Cyclops who died and her and Jean go at it and Jean is like extremely powerful and I'm I don't know I just I like the book and I'm reading it because I'm interested to see where they're going but I'm not motivated to I don't know there's little things that pop up like uh, the very end, spoiler alert, we have uh, Miss Sinister and Bastion who are working with Emma Frost, um, it looks like, to, I don't know, try to take over the world. And I'm interested in Miss Sinister, who is more than likely Mr. Sinister just as a woman, but I'm looking at this costume design, and I know this is a problem with comics, but goddamn, Miss Sinister is wearing nothing at all. Like, when are we going... I don't know. I just might have to stick with indie comics because I'm sick and tired of women in comics being half-assed naked for no reason, especially when they're in battle. Are you serious? It's bad enough that everyone's wearing latex and, you know, <laughs> saran wrap, but shit, what, what is the point of having a boob window, your whole stomach exposed if you're not like Luke Cage and have unbreakable skin? Like, what is the point? And this is really irking me because Mr. Sinister, in all iterations, has always been like this glam punk rock 80s dressed guy and he's always fully dressed fully covered you only ever see his neck and his head why is miss sinister naked as fuck she got these tall ass thigh high boots these panties on this black corset and these black sleeves not even like a full shirt why like once you become a woman or you're um excuse me you're alternate timeline or whatever anything that has to do with woman is always 
I don't know, it's fucking distracting, so yeah, let's see if they explain that away, which I doubt, but god damn. All in all, man, this was an interesting week. Um, I picked up a few more books as well. Luke Cage came out, um, his number four, and I'll say this dude is light-skinned as hell on the cover of this book. Um, I also picked up God Shaper number five, which um, <clears throat> I'm still on issue one, but that's what you do when you collect the comics you just collect them all like Pokemon and um, I also picked up Superb I don't know what this is it's from Catalyst Prime um, I have never heard of this series I've never seen this artwork but I'm, I'm interested so I picked up the first two issues I'll be going over those and probably doing a little review on Twitter so uh, make sure you hit me up at, on Twitter at carefreeblurred um, use the hashtag CBNpod uh, that's where I be's at <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Uh, this has been the pool. Looking forward to the season three of Carefree Black Nerd starting up pretty soon. Um, let's see, look up for the Defender's Guide. My Carefree Black Nerd Defender's Guide should be somewhere in the Carefree Black Nerd feed, either before or after this episode. Um, Looking forward to Defenders coming up on the 18th. Live tweeting and all that good stuff. So hit me up. Just talk to me, guys. How do you feel about the pool? Did you enjoy this episode? Are you reading any of these books? Um, leave it in the comments. Tweet me. Let me know. Um, is there anything that I should be picking up that I'm not? Um, have any thoughts and opinions or whatever on Polaris or X-Men Blue? On iBoy, Generation X, Jubilee, Astonishing X-Men. If you're reading Astonishing X-Men, especially... Hit me up, man. Um, let me know what's up, how you feel, what's what's going on, what's your take. Um, and, you know, above all, just stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay geeky. All right, y'all. Till next time. <laughs>